plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> I didn't even what said. What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like, like you, Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome back to Warriors Plus Minus. Uh, we're going to talk about the obvious, correct? Last Dance got better. Uh, I was hating last week, and I think it finally delivered. I'm going to say that it finally lived up to what I expected it. And TK is going to clout. He's going he's <laughs> to brag, like telling me to wait, like calling Ozark and all that. And he's he was right. But there's so much. There's so much there. There's so much. We're there. gonna talk last dance. We got Tim Kawakami here. We got Anthony Slater here. Is the author of the Victory Machine here, or is something gonna happen? Is the line gonna drop? Is he gonna do an interview? <laughs> What's the deal? I'm, I I am in a garage in Concord, California. So we will see how it all goes. Uh, that's the setup. Whose garage? Whose garage? Uh, you <laughs> knocking on <laughs> people's <laughs> doors trying to get a little private zone there. My Doing Tom, Bra- Tom Brady. My my mom's garage. That's okay. where I'm operating out of. But I I can't. You know, I have to be in a different room. It's such strange times we live in. So is I've that the Radio Ethan uh, <laughs> compound? <laughs> uh, metaphorically, it is. Yes. Can can we get him today? We need to spice the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't done it in a while. I got asked to do it on some. Uh, uh, he's an author now. He doesn't do Radio Ethan anymore. <laughs> it's not how it rolls. It's below uh, him. Before we get into, you know, our, our topic, which is like kind of, you know, in advance breaking down what a Warriors documentary would be like. Did anything jump out to you about about the last episode or last two episodes? Well, I, I mm. tweeted a little bit. And I guess it's been talked about by the producers before. And so I should have known. But, you know, Tony Kukoc was a big part of this story. I mean, I, I remember like Jerry Krause drafted Tony Kukoc thinking this is my next maybe not Jordan, but. I think he thought he was going to be better than Scotty. And so a lot of this rebuild talk that we saw in the first couple episodes, not so much in 3-4, was in many ways driven in there, you know, at the time by Kukoc. And, they, you know, he's barely been mentioned. Now, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I've now heard that there's going to be an episode about, you know, the, you know, the, the Olympic team, dream team going at, you know, with Scotty and Michael just going at Tony to make a point to Kraus. But... So that that that's one point. There's so much there. That if that's an episode. Then there's you know there's so many other ways they can go with this, and they've got six more episodes. But I think they kind of elided the Kukoc factor here, which I, which I think was a pretty important thing. Um, just the kind of the genesis of what the tensions were. It was Scotty going, "This guy Kukoc, you think he's better than me? The hell of that! Like you're gonna blow this up. You think he's the future? When we should be holding on what we got here. Part of this was." Uh, and obviously, there's the piston stuff, which which I just thought was great. I just I just love the the, yes. the bull piston stuff, and we can talk about that. But I I love that. If we're gonna yeah. tie this into the Warriors, uh, I thought the most interesting thing on that aspect was like the way Phil kind of took over the team and the philosophy changed. And like you know, we watched Steve Kerr as like this. You know, he's a veteran player at the time, but it's a young Steve Kerr compared to the one we know now. Watching all of this and the Tex Winter influence, and we know that Steve Kerr has that in his background. To, but like to literally see it laid out in the exact timeline of it and really how much the Phil Jackson takeover kind of mirrors the Steve Kerr takeover of the Warriors I thought was fascinating yeah that is a good point right Doug Collins is Mark Jackson 
<laughs> yeah. There's something yep. I like there's, that. There's some, there's some parallels there. Yeah, there's some parallels there. Well, my, my first not-so-profound thought is just Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. I mean, we're getting some great Michael Jordan right now. And, yeah, it has his imprint, and it has his viewpoint. And that's why maybe, as John Hollinger pointed out, we don't get to see Joe Dumars and maybe why we don't get to see as much coach as we would want. But just to see Michael Jordan, who's this almost weirdly larger-than-life yet mysterious figure, just on just on the couch, just drinking, just cursing. It's really cool. And then to relive the battles against Detroit, which do they do feel like they're from another era. There's something interesting happening with this documentary where it seems as though the late 90s is as far back as you can go while still having crisp video that feels like it could have been shot recently. <laughs> but that stuff from the 80s, that feels like it happened in another, just in another millennium. And so... It's when NBC, it's when NBC took over the broadcasting. And I think it kind of changed stuff, too. I mean, oh, for yeah. some reason, there's, it just feels like it shifted when NBC took over, which, of course, they don't have anymore. But that, that era was the Jordan, you know, final era bleeding into something else and it, it is feels like contemporary much more than even three or four years before it it feels contemporary and yet it feels of another time because of how seriously nbc took it and i don't i don't necessarily want to get derailed on it but you know what i'll take my shots at espn i wish that they added as much gravitas to the product as nbc did and i think nbc might also be something that is under-referenced in this particular documentary since it's airing on ESPN, but they were part of the whole thing, you know, as great as the battles were and the players were of just the presentation of it and those intros by Marv Albert and Bob Costas. I was watching some last night just to, uh, I was watching some Knicks Bulls mid-90s playoff series NBA and NBC intros last night and oh my god, they just and, and then you juxtapose it against what you see a lot of the time where it's Pitbull doing, uh, you know, that was a few years ago where, you know, it's Pitbull or it's some pop music thing or it's some black eyed peas. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I remember, I mean, I said this when I was doing the Cavs podcast, but I like my experience of the 2016 finals was an incredible epic finals. And then I went back and I watched some of the games and the TV product undermined what I was seeing in the stadium where that intro to game six, that huge game six between the Warriors and the Cavs, the roots are doing some song about the number two as the intro. And and I like the roots, but they're like two, two night, the Cavs need two games. Kyrie Irving, number two. And it's just, you compare that against, like, one of those Marv Albert intros with the music and the... Anyway, I'm digressing. Point is, it's awesome to see Michael Jordan. You don't think Pitbull? Pitbull's not up there? <laughs> Playoffs. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah. Playoffs. <laughs> Costas was good, though. Like, oh, Costas. Oh, Costas yeah. was, yeah. Costas had a lot to yeah. do with it. Just hearing his mm. voice, it, it was really good. It felt big. I, that's what I'm saying. That's my general yeah, it point. Did. It everything, felt, it did feel big. Everything yeah. about that time felt big. And I believe it's bigger, faster, Was it because you than... were 11, though? No, no. <laughs> yeah, everything was... when you're 11 does feel <laughs> yeah. a little bit more. No, ratings don't lie. It felt big. America cared more. There was more investment. And the product... There's the radio, better. Ethan. No, no, it's true. It's just true. Like, right now, there's 11-year-old Ethan in 20 years is going to go... Man, that pit bull really made it really made it sound big. It really when felt he big. Blessed, was, oh, when he blessed, oh, that roots dirty. intro oh, with the tunes. Oh my god! And then, <laughs> the and then they never oh, replace Mike. They got the, they got, they're they never replace Mark Jackson. 
Mark Jackson never, and Van James Gundy. Harden. That's what. That, <laughs> James Harden was really the pinnacle of sports, and we haven't gotten we haven't gotten back to how James Harden made us all inspired by the the game of basketball. No, it was it was big. Everything was big. And you brought up Jordan, and I just want to say what does strike me, especially with with the give and take with Isaiah, the facial expressions. Jordan's mysterious. We haven't seen a lot of him, and yet when he sits down, he's another guy. And that's what I've always heard about him. I, I haven't. I don't know if I've had hardly any dealings with him, but from the writers I know, you know, the Will Bonds and those guys who had a lot of dealings with him, he's a guy. Like he likes to give and take. He's you know he'll get on people. Obviously, I think we're going to see a lot more of that of him getting on his teammates. He's he's you know he he's that guy. He's not like above it all when you're in the middle of it. And we're seeing that you know like. He's protected his image. He's protected his image. And so now he's to the point where he doesn't care. Like, he's going to say whatever he's going to say. That's this great evolution of mystery. Oh, my God, everything's cloaked and whatever. Did he keep Isaiah off the dream team? Now he's like, whatever. And I I would imagine we're going to hear him say some stuff about keeping Isaiah off the dream team. Or maybe not. We'll see. But it's not like he's some distant figure. He's not some god from, you know, Valhalla. He's like, I'm not Jordan. To hell with all you, and and, and that's awesome to watch. Uh, along those lines, TK, I, I felt the same way. Like he actually felt like my uncle. Like because this is the stuff. Like I don't. It reminded me of growing up. My dad and his brothers, how they would they would fight, and twenty years later, they're still arguing about the same thing. Right? And it's like they won't let it go. And it's like to watch MJ be that guy. Who, no matter how much he has, how much he's accomplished, or who he is, he's still pissed at Isaiah about this, yep. right? Like, it's oh, just like face, the facial it's hilarious. Said, yeah, we've got. L- let's play this Isaiah. There's uh, nothing Edward. you can show me. There's nothing <laughs> yeah. you can show me that's gonna change. Wait, can we? Okay, can we speculate as to why is he so? I, I wonder, and this is just the theory I'm floating, that it was such a big deal to him to finally climb that mountain that he wanted the kind of recognition that Magic Johnson gave him in the in the finals where. Magic Johnson congratulated him and hugged him, and like in a weird way, I think he wanted the Pistons' validation, and he would never admit it. But I wonder if that's well, you know, his point was I congratulated them after they beat us in these brutal series when they're knocking me the hell to the floor, and at least they can do is have the you know have the grace to stop and congratulate us and acknowledge that it's you know, and maybe that was never going to happen, but I think that's his point, like. Whatever was said back and forth, whatever happened on the court, I stopped and acknowledged when you were better than us. And you could at the and the very least stop and acknowledge that instead of I mean, I forgot they walked out where there's eight seconds left in the game. I mean, it's not yeah. even like a walk out. Like the game it's the way, still it's the way Isaiah it's the way Isaiah it's the walks worst out. Part it's is all sneaky. It's he's ducking. <laughs> yeah, that's the part where it's like if he walked out with his head up and stared Michael Jordan in the face yeah. and looked him in the yeah. eyes as he walked by, then it would have been it would have been like, okay, you got legit beef. This is how it goes. The whole kind of underhanded, sneaky, can't look you in the face. Yep. Got four different versions of why you did it over the years. You could just tell he's like, man, this dude is not on my level. And you know, you know, this has to do with the fact that uh, Isaiah's from Chicago. Like that's part of his legend, and he he played for Detroit, but he's still a Chicago dude. And here comes this youngster like taking over his city <laughs> and even John Sally said it like this all was different for Isaiah when 
his nephew is wearing a Jordan jersey. And he's like, nah, he, Isaiah's like, I'm Chicago, but he wasn't. He lost that title and he lost it to Mike, which is why he ain't ever let it go either because he's still bitter about there's some other dude in his town claiming superiority over him. So th- th- they're going to they're gonna be 90 years old. They're going to be arguing about this and beefing about it and won't let it go. Can you imagine, like, they're going to get together for the top 100 players and they're not going to want to be in the room together. Like th- th- this is going to go on because this is they're, they're regular. They're regular old dudes like that. And it's hilarious. Oh man, this goes back to the all-star game. in I think Jordan's rookie year when he thought he got frozen out by Isaiah on the East team. I mean, there's just so many little, and I thought they were going to bring that up at some point. Maybe they will later. I mean, again, there's just so much stuff that, that can, I'm now thinking 10 hours is probably not enough to get everything. We're going to still feel there's stuff that they could have got to, but yeah, this one was that, and the fact that they kept crashing into each other in the playoffs over and over again. I think the in the one comparison we've got to now is Warriors Cavaliers. I mean, that's unique. They kept crashing into each other. One team won three times. One team won once, and the, you know, with very similar rosters or almost identical rosters for the for, for much of the time. Um, it's not gonna. It wasn't like Bulls Pistons, but it was something where we, you know, the same personalities over and over again, rise and fall, rise and fall. Who congratulated who? Who was gracious to the other? I don't know that it'll ever can even be discussed on the same level, but it's the closest thing we've got. It's a, it's the closest yeah. approximation. No, that that's recently, and I think Marcus and I had a great time on the Chase Down podcast, reliving the 2016 finals, and we had our individual game, and it just that felt epic in a way that these games also seem to have felt epic and it seems as though the NBA has maybe lost that thread if the Clippers if this season actually finished and the Clippers were going up against the Lakers even though theoretically that would be epic I just don't think it it just it just wouldn't be for whatever reason and it seems like we've lost that we've lost whatever we had in the Western Conference Finals 2016 Warriors Thunder and whatever we had with the the Cavs versus the Warriors, you know, it, it could come back in some different incarnation and we could get series like that. But it just doesn't seem right now that the NBA has that thing that it sometimes does of Titans clashing and real hatred, palpable hatred and invested fan bases. This has been brought up on social media stuff, but if there was another documentary chronicling an era is it the Warriors? I mean, the only other option is, you know, yeah. LeBron with the Heat. Yeah, or, I mean, or is it is it Warriors? LeBron, LeBron with the Heat could be good, but he would have to. I mean, I'm he, sorry, he the Spurs. Have, it could be the Spurs. Oh no, yeah, the, the Spurs. That's the one. That's the could one. be the well, the, Spur, the Spurs. <laughs> the Spurs would only work if Popovich and Tim Duncan finally decided, which I don't think they ever will. Fine, we'll open up about everything. At that point, I am fascinated and locked in watching the Spurs documentary. I just don't think that's ever going to happen. So we're not getting that documentary. Um, yeah, the Heat, the whole Heat run, that could be pretty good. That that could be good. Um, I, I don't know what it is, though, about LeBron. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit, and I have to choose my words carefully. I don't want to be like, like Bill Simmons was getting dragged for, you know, saying that he didn't find... Dennis Rodman interesting and and I knew what he was getting at you know but like if you phrase something the wrong way people take it the wrong way I'm trying to figure out why the magnitude of Michael Jordan's star feels so much bigger 
than LeBron's. And that's not to say that he's better. I think that there are some statistical indications that they're right there or that maybe LeBron might edge him out. I've seen arguments like that made. But there's just something to the gestalt, the whole Jordanness of Jordan that is so much bigger than LeBron. And it's one of the reasons why 6 million people are tuning in to watch this beyond the quarantine. And I don't know what that is. Like, I, I mean, I don't... some of it is the time, or like the access. We just didn't have it to Jordan like that. And mm. there's probably knew, something about the much. oversaturation of social yeah. media. Yeah, if yeah, Jordan was doing LeBron. Taco, if Jordan was doing Taco Tuesday and you know tweeting, we would get sick of him. It would be annoying. Yeah, we 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 didn't get enough of Jordan back then. There was always a desire for more, just because it was so limited. I remember, wasn't it like I, I know he only like really did exclusive interviews with Ahmad Rashad. I remember, and what well, did he stop talking to a publication? TK, you remember? Like it was uh, that was Sports Illustrated. He didn't. Sports he still Illustrated, doesn't talk to. Yeah, yeah. And when he joined the baseball uh, little journey, and they did a did a story on him. I forgot the headline, but it was not a friendly headline, and. He still doesn't talk to Sports Illustrated, still to this day, which wow. I guess is less of a deal. It was He's just limited access to Jordan. And with my, and we've seen LeBron since he was 18 years old. He's like part of the family. I'm also, and I, I said to this, these guys, I, I think the difference also is Scotty had these other major, major figures in his orbit that, that didn't take away from him, that, that made him bigger. Phil Jackson. Who's the comparable to Phil Jackson in LeBron's world? There is none. Who's the comparable yeah. to Scottie Pippen? Uh, you're not going to just keep disrespecting Tyron Lue like that. Tyron Lue yeah. is not on, that man. guy. Dave Blatt. Come on, Dave Blatt. You know, and, Mike and Brown, baby. What? Mike Brown. You know, and, and we could you know, we could all make our value judgments. If LeBron doesn't like want that, maybe, we'll see. But he also hasn't been around a guy like that. But that... You know Rodman. There's there's no comparable to Rodman ar- around LeBron. Drew it's just this. Oh, yeah, it's just it's Love just it. this ability to ha- to and, and and again I've mentioned this before. I love music documentaries, and one of the things that makes the best ones great is that they these huge figures are attached to other figures that make them more interesting, that make them better, and they don't like try to subsume these other characters. It makes them larger. Bob Dylan and the band. There's there's a million of them that it makes them better. They're not isolated. They're together. And what this documentary just hammers home, which was so true from the beginning of Jordan, Dean Smith. It's these monster figures that are around him that don't take away from him that only add to him and with lebron we see he feels it seems like he feels like he needs to kind of keep them at a distance and it's only him that's the point that i'm seeing that i would say was the difference now that's an interesting documentary all on its own with lebron but it's lebron and i don't think it's just the heat lebron i think the major documentary from this nba era is lebron just the totality of it cleveland the whole thing leaving cleveland going to miami coming back to cleveland but it's not Jordan's level because there's no Phil Jackson. There's no Jerry Krause even. There's no Jerry Krause. It's just this mag- order of magnitude that is only enhanced by these huge figures who are not bigger than Michael, of course, but they only add to his his hugeness, his immensity. I like that theory. I hadn't thought of that, but I think LeBron has always been a control freak in that way who's always leveraging his power, and that creates a situation where nobody – with the exception of maybe Kyrie, but that blew up, but nobody's coexisting with him in a way or being elevated by him. And that leads to a less interesting story in the end. And I think that, I think it's partially that. And I also just think LeBron's always been a little bit, 
especially in later years of the social media, there's a feeling of he needs the attention and he's trying to get the attention with the TikTok dances and all that stuff. And it just gets a little bit, I mean, that undermines the gravitas. It does. I think to a certain one extent. point, one point I, I would, I would say that should be made is that um, if we were talking about a Michael Jordan doc that, aired in 1999 there'd be a lot less interest because you just experienced michael jordan um i personally was slater just revealed slater just revealed his age right there he just revealed that he's the youngest no 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 people would watch that in 1999 no no i'm telling you (laughs) well okay well let me say this i was one when michael jordan won his first title and i was eight when he won his last one i don't remember any of this live like yes. and there is a large, large section of people just like me, my age, in my age group, or even younger than me. There's a lot of you know, early twenty year olds who are watching this right now, riveted because they are really experiencing this for the first time. Uh, yeah. And there would be a large amount of current eight year olds, seven year olds, five year olds that would watch a LeBron doc and just be like, "Wow, I didn't really know any of this in detail." That you wouldn't have. You won't you won't get now like we're talking. It's a yeah, whole like new it, audience, yeah. Yes, yeah, no question. Uh, and also, you don't get Jordan sipping whiskey, laying it all out on the line in 1999. You get True. that in 2020. And True. if you got LeBron, really, you know, if if you said, "Hey, there's nine hours of an age 55 year old LeBron just really lighting into his Warriors rivalry and going at it about." playing a young KD and and he oh he's still mad at KD about the move he made that took titles away from him and a member of the year the coronavirus he still thinks stripped a title from him and he's talking uh, about that and he's talking about that in 2040 that would be watched pretty well no question yeah, I mean that's and that's I, I the documentary so. from this era yeah I, I'd agree but I'll just say they basically gave a episode to Dennis Rodman and it was worth it who's that episode with with LeBron right now. Anthony I mean, Davis, I do think Kyrie, I do think I mean, the Kyrie like you know span and wherever it goes could prove to be fascinating. Oh man, that Andrew Wiggins episode would be epic. Oh, hey, <laughs> yeah, Kevin Love ain't exactly getting. I don't know, like the Heat days, you know, like if they went because obviously the Heat stuff. I mean, it only lasted four years, and there was a lot of prickliness there, like. I, I feel like two to three episodes could just be like on like what went down in Miami, the Pat Riley aspect Definitely of it. Definitely the Pat Riley. Spolstra, uh, like. it's, it's interesting, but I think the co-star thing is a real thing where, you know, we're not as interested in, even if Dwayne Wade was a better player than Dennis Rodman, we're way more interested in Dennis Rodman. And I don't know what that is exactly, but there's just something, and there's really just only been one Michael Jordan. I mean, in the end, there's really only one. There's one. He he was sui generis. He was the dominant. He was the dominant athlete, not just in America, but in the world. 72 million people watched game six against the Utah Jazz. I can't. I am old enough to where I was a kid during Jordan, but I do remember enough to know that, like, it's just not even comparable to anything that has ever happened since or maybe before, but not since that it was a unique situation where he just had he just had everything and the united states was doing a lot better the economy was great and they were you know on top of the world with the dream team and he was the face of that and he just had the charisma he had, he had all the stuff and it all combined and it was a once in a generation if not lifetime 
event for an athlete combined with the crazy story arc of retiring with baseball and coming back. I just don't think it'll never be replicated. There's one other athlete, I think, since Jordan that's, that's come close or, or might even have a better documentary at some point. It's Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's the one. Just because golfers have a longer run and it's a different world. Yeah. But yeah, all the other stuff is, 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 is all I don't know. True. The highlights would be as lit, though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That, I mean, like, oh, it got up and down on three. That's not the same. It's like, <laughs> uh, I got a question. How good do you guys think this would be, though, if you didn't have the Jordan sit down? Which you know, that's easily oh, that's possible. It, yeah. Jordan said, "No, nah, I don't want to do this" because yeah. that's what he's done his entire no, career. No, he's no Jordan, executive no producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no Jordan, no Doc. I mean, Jordan makes it. Like this, this Doc. Nah, it'll be cool. Like we watch it. But it wouldn't get six million people. It, 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 it wouldn't, it wouldn't yeah, be this. It, it, it would uh, be like a standard thirty for thirty. I, I'll yeah. make another point though. I do think that Steph had a window where it was possible for him to capture something similar, and the window shut. But he had he had an opening where it could have gone like this in 2015, 2016, where a lot of people were getting on board, and it seemed like Steph's legend was going to be something that was different but something that was also maybe on a similar level and it got derailed and it just went a different direction, which you you're know, saying, you're saying the biographer screwed it up. He had a real chance there and the biography <laughs> didn't, didn't blow it up. Or unless we got the 10 part Steph documentary coming based well, on I, Golden. I, I'm, I'm saying that the, the get in, I might've shipped hurt. it off, right? I might've been well, the problem. His well, luck saying, got attached to me. My I'm luck saying, attached I'm, to him. <laughs> I'm saying getting hurt. And then losing the finals in that way, and then KD coming aboard. You know, there was a window for about a year where everything's coming up, Steph. You know, thousands of people watching the warm ups, kids all over just resonating to him. And could the little guy be just the biggest star in, in all of sports? And. It just didn't. It didn't have. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to have everything lined oh, up and to be a generational is, is Marcus, yeah. generational superstar. Is Marcus Thompson the David Aldridge in this uh, documentary? Oh, well. yeah, he's, uh, one of them. he's up there. He's up there. And he might the, be Wilbon and in the Steph. Uh, with Steph? With Steph documentary? In the Steph. The the yeah. one. I'm I'm just saying. It's kind of like leading it through. I, I, oh, I, yeah. I, I'll take the Sam Smith. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good role. Although good role. The, uh, you see the next, you, you see the preview like that. You see the preview for next week? There's going to be some interesting Sam Smith stuff with the uh they're going to get into like why the Jordan rules really like ticked off Krause and like how they blamed it on Horace Grant as the the leak to Sam Smith and Is it do people pretty... think it was Phil? I mean, I don't want to wantonly speculate. It was. Yes. Phil. It was. Yes. Phil. Oh, but no. they talked about it at the time. At Apparently, the time, like, yeah, Phil was there playing was... it off as somebody else. There was some Horace Grant who by the way underrated um yes. addition oh, to the last was... one um was is like the line of the episode (laughs) yeah he's like i've never divulged anything to sam smith like he's saying that now today so it should be interesting from the journalistic side of things so what could we get out of uh a warriors documentary in 20 years i mean obviously let's hope we aren't in a global pandemic right exacerbating numbers but what kind of appeal would it have you know it's a tough what's the end point like where where do you end it and and we know get drunk yeah, we, we know this one ends with the championship, last six championships, and then it's the end of, you know, Jordan rides off in the sunset, so it is Phil, Scotty leaves. Like, we know there's this big emotional kind of thing coming at the end, 
And I don't know where would you would do that with the Warriors. They're clearly still in the middle of it, but I don't, you know, we don't know if they're going to win another championship. So it's a tough thing to say what the end point is and who's the person given the the best pithy quotes. I mean, we know Draymond would, but who else? Yes. Like who's sitting there? Andre. Like, Andre I guess Andre. Sure, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Clay. Oh man, can you imagine? Oh, yeah. Forty-year-old Clay, <laughs> but what are the revel- what are the revelations other than the KD drama? We all know that something, but like who? Where are the little like high rising? Oh, oh watch what we learn about Clay's forty-eight-hour vacation granted by Steve Kerr. Oh yeah, <laughs> the one in the Hamptons before yeah, right. before they had the meeting with Durant. Uh, I mean, there could be some interesting Joe stuff. There could be some interesting West stuff. There could be some interesting Meyer stuff. No, no question. I mean, it's been in a fascinating run, but. Again, it's it's tough to compare it to, to Last Dance because that that one has so many different things. You have two eras, by the way. They're doing that's why the timing is so weird. They're going back and forth because they have the start of the Bulls dynasty and now they're telling the story at the end of the Bulls dynasty. It's two things. Like the Warriors don't have two things. Nobody who else has two things like that. It's a very typical. It'd be like you know doing the Walsh Forty ers and then doing another version of the Walsh Forty ers It's who else has that like three teams in the history of the universe and only one of them is Michael Jordan. I think the problem with whoever, whatever this fictional doc- documentary happens is I, I, I don't know that you're getting everybody involved. It's like, they're going to want to take ownership of it and depends on, and whoever's doing it is going to determine the tone of it. The good thing about this. And you know, there's, there's clearly some MJ bias in it, right? But Jordan, is the one like kind of running this show and he's the magnetic figure and he's willing to talk and you know, like obviously he's leaving some stuff out, but like, who's going to be that guy? Like, you know what I'm saying? Who's going to put it out? I do want to hear that story of like, Oh, we got, we got Joe Dumars holding you to 11 points here. Cut. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're the players from, from today's mindset would say I'm doing. You might end up with four documentaries, right? It's gonna yes. be like the, yeah. the the KD version. And it's gonna be the be th- 35 Ventures version, the unanimous version. Then Draymond's gonna do his own thing, and then you know Andre's gonna get with Silicon Valley and create one. It's gonna I, have all I, these different versions. I think you guys are thinking too much in the present. The re- if again, if you transport back to 2000, like these guys weren't all gonna do one together because the they're was probably harder feelings people at age 50 55 whatever like they tend you know like Shaq and penny sat down for a documentary. 30 minute interview you know what i mean like <laughs> i could see guys coming together nah, i don't i think especially watching what happens now they're gonna see how much money this thing is worth and they're gonna want to tell their own story and maybe it's like all right steph says i'm doing this documentary i need everybody to sit down right but then you gotta wonder how how like you know, unfiltered will it be, you know, if it's, if it's Steph doing it, cause he's not unfiltered. So, and then it's like, if you're KD, like, wait a second, I got my own media company or, or, you know, or whatever like that. Like that's, that's going to be the problem with yep. producing this type of content in the future. Back then there, it was, it was one way to produce it. Now there's a million, everybody's taking ownership. And what will there be in 2040? I mean, I don't even know what, you know, content, production will look like then or how we consume it or what the world will look like post uh post COVID 19 too right remember sports (laughs) yeah remember sports there you go documentary on when there was sports you might not remember but there (laughs) were games there were things that happened and we talked about them it was amazing yeah i wonder who who would be the who would be the 
out, like figure outside of them that says, I want to do this documentary. And they're like, all right, just cut us in, but we'll do it because it's you. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't yeah, know. I don't. Is there anybody they all agree? Bob on? Myers, Bob, Bob Myers, Myers, maybe. Yeah, that's like might. the maybe common Myers link or... of everyone. Peter, Peter, like. Peter, Peter Goober with Mandalay. Goober. The... By yeah, the way, Goober. did you see? You see, he's getting an EP credit on this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's his company. It's his company. So you know, I don't know that he was in there cutting film, but it's his company. He's make he's making money off of this. Somebody's making money off of all this. Is somebody Peter in Goober. the Warriors is making money right now? You know, Chase Center is collecting dust, but. The Goobers shoveling into point the, the cameras at the Warriors next season, see what they get. Although I have suggested that to a few people, and they laugh it off as probably missed that moment in time where every everything. I don't the know. Did they really? You're telling me there's not a bunch. Lord Scott has documentary worth on this. Oh, Lord Scott's video. <laughs> oh, that's who it's gonna be. It's gonna be Lord Scott. That's right. He, didn't, right. he didn't have. He didn't have Draymond and Kevin. He didn't have that stuff. I that's can't believe there's not video of that somewhere. They're literally fifty mm. cameras. It, it, I think in it would. I think it would have come. It would have come up. No, I think the NBA probably owns it, or the network yeah, yeah. owns it. It's buried in Raymond Ritter's backyard. The tape of that. Yeah, I, I, I think they probably have enough great archival footage, but you would need the participation of everybody, which yes. would be difficult right now, especially considering that Draymond and uh, and KD seem to. Uh, you know, have, um, well, I don't know what's going on. I mean, we discussed that where people are acting like Draymond is completely lighting KD on fire. I don't see it that way, but no. it could be received by 35 that way. Time heals the stuff. I can't remember how, like, well, especially with venomous him. the KD Westbrook relationship seemed like four or five years and then, ago. Like a year That's and a half over. later, right? Yeah, That's yeah. over. I mean, they're not like best of friends, but like they're chill. Look at Ken, Ken, look at Kendrick Perkins and KD. Uh, like that one is. By the way, that's all Kendrick Perkins field. I mean, I like Perk, but he's throwing himself out there. He's making himself a media career. It's, yeah, you know, it's which which good for him. But hey, like, hey. it's it's a very one sided if you want to consider it like feud right now. <laughs> Hey, they, the, they they never they never would have lost to the Warriors in in uh, that Western Conference Finals. They played Perkins more because he averaged zero point zero points per game when he played. So he Perk got Perk got usurped in the rotation like three years prior <laughs> to that. I mean, I and will there were... say David for what it's worth. David Griffin says that the Cavs would not have beat the Warriors, beaten the Warriors in 2016, if not for the influence of one Kendrick Perkins. I have no idea how that all works out. Or if that's just some he would, chemistry. He's basically assist, an assistant coach. So if you think an assistant coach can uh, change the series, a very good, well-respected veteran assistant oh, coach. I mean, yes. Nick Urine can change the series. I, I, right. I, I, I have a take. I have a take. Um, is Tex Winner just Ron Adams with better branding? Or maybe just because we prefer offense to defense? Yeah, but he's also Michael Jordan saying, I like this, you know, I had to adapt to this offense, which is pretty large. And Phil's used it a lot, uh, brought it to the to the Lakers. I was covered that when they were when they're doing that. So it's a little different. I, I, I understand what you're saying. It's that grizzled, cranky veteran specific to one side of the ball who demands perfection and is kind of, the you know, the guy that guys can go to as the as the as the genius. But Tex, you know, again, it's 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 different. It's just like Ron doesn't have Tex had like Ron. Yeah, got, he, Tex had Jordan. Yeah, Tex had Jordan. Yeah. He bent Jordan to his offense. That's tough to do. Now he didn't do mm. it. Phil bent Jordan to accept Tex, but it was Tex's offense, and then they start winning championships. Um, 
it's now why Doug Collins do text like that though? Had this dude at the scores table. (laughs) (laughs) That was yeah. You know, there's some stuff they didn't get. Like there's stuff I know about, like Doug getting fired. That's not that it was not exactly brought up in the documentary. Nor shall I bring up the details. But there were some other things. Yeah, there's other things going on there. That people think Phil Jackson put the knife in the back. I mean, no, no, or... no. It was yeah. Doug's crazy. I, I like Doug. But he's crazy. <laughs> I mean, even in NBA circles, he's considered crazy. Now Michael likes him. Obviously, he went to go play for him and hired him with the Wizards. But Doug is crazy in a way that Phil is not. Phil's eccentric, but he's practical. Like he was with Rodman. Like he was with, with with the Lakers. Like he's practical. How do I get these guys to play in a way that we, I think is going to win? Doug is crazy. So I'll just leave it at that. There were there were other things going on with that one. Yeah, you could tell by the how tight lipped Doug was, right? He just yep. he he looked like he was you know trying not to get into some stuff. But uh, in closing, we got another month. California has extended the at least uh, at least at least California has extended the shelter in place. There are teams coming back. The, the NBA has said, "Hey, May eighth, let's push it back to May 8th. Any chance we'll be at Chase Center soon? Should we be at Chase Center soon? No. Well, I mean, like it it doesn't matter to the Warriors. Like even practicing doesn't matter. So uh, we're talking October. That's the next time that matters to the Warriors. Will we be back in Chase Center by October? We might. Well, fans be next to us. I don't know. I don't think. Well, they're going to have to. Do, they're probably going to do a virtual draft, right? I mean, I think that we all can kind of see that coming. Whatever, however the playoffs end, whenever they end, and then we'll see when training camp starts. I think with, with the Warriors, but um, like, yeah, they have a training camp. Is that going to be no media? Is uh, I mean, I and that, that, those are the questions that I have. Well, it is, might be in December too. Yeah, it might yeah. be in December. They should cancel the regular season. I mean, I understand they say why do it if we don't have to do it, but it's I think at a certain point you've got to you've got to give the impression of moving forward. You've got to give the impression of not like I get. I'm not saying that they should cancel the playoffs. I think you want to hold out hope for that, but. I mean, really, they're going to, what, set up, like, the last whatever of the regular season so we can watch the, you know, the Hawks play the Wizards or whatever? I mean, this is this is weird. They think it's, it's yeah. time. I had, somebody, I had somebody tell me that there's basically no chance, like, the Warriors or, like, the really bad teams um, are going to play another game. Because why, you know, the Hawks, the Cavs, teams that are basically eliminated from the playoffs— why bring them into a bubble? The extra bodies, the extra you know logistics needed. Um, but I could see maybe they do like a little mini tournament where like you still give the Kings, Pelicans, those type of teams yeah. a chance. Well, then to, call that part of the playoffs. In. They call that yeah. part of the playoffs. They shouldn't be saying that. Oh, the regular seat. It's just come on. It, 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 I agree time. with that. You know what else? If you if you shut down the regular season now, you can have the lottery. And and you know what the NFL yes. just did ginormous yes. ratings i mean did you see the ratings uh in, in like post 55 million over three do days. the lottery yeah. do the lottery before one of the last dance episodes is the lead-in you know <laughs> like do it like that I, yes because not only do you get lottery night and the ratings that come with that but then what what does that get us 10 days of coverage post of like all right now we know the warriors have the third pick all right now we yeah. can do this mock draft okay well they should be able to get wiseman but maybe they got to trade down or you know whatever. what 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 will the last dance featuring killian hayes be like that's mm. the one like at least we can project those things the oh, last dance. I, I wish I, I wish i could say the last dance in french it would probably sound pretty <laughs> fancy i'll look au revoir up. au revoir, au revoir. Les 
A 77-year-old Ethan Strauss telling the camera, I called it first. I was on this one. Nah, Larry Riley's going to change his recommendation for Killian Hayes. Oh, 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 oh. Wow. Deep cut. Larry Riley's like, yeah, you know, I told you about Killian, but nah, I don't like that guy anymore. The 30th anniversary of the Victory Machine. There we go. Let's look back uh, on that. Let's do a documentary well, on that I, one. I enjoyed the uh, the thing that Slater did with Hollinger on the Warriors' future, that he snuck in something about, uh, you know, if they get Killian Hayes in Ethan Strauss's dreams, and I got a pretty good, uh, I got a pretty good chuckle out of it. The last dance in French. Uh, I'm gonna pronounce this incorrectly. La dernière dance. <laughs> <laughs> that dernier dance that doesn't, it doesn't that, sound that, doesn't, that good. Didn't sounds like a derriere dance, and I don't. I saw Jerry. I saw Jerry Krause doing that on the Bulls playing. Oh, that was great. Oh, oh, another another take. KD is KD Michael Jordan and Jerry Krause combined, like a kind of a hybrid. What? What do you mean? In terms of like the whole thing and what he represents. Yeah, that one missed badly. Well, uh, stay, stay, stay. With, no, no, stay with me on this. Stay with me. Oh no, Look, how long is this gonna take? No, 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 no. It's very. Come on, come on. Look, <laughs> as in the greatness of Michael Jordan, but some of the frustration with not getting credit that undermines the sustainability of the team and the dynasty of Jerry Krause. I'm not talking in terms of body type. Okay. Jerry Krause. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I, I can get some of that, although some of that's just, I think, normal executive superstar tension. But, okay. I, like you're saying that the, yeah, the thing that I'm caused not the as Bulls a dancer. to break up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing that caused the Bulls to break up was Krause saying that, that, that Phil wasn't coming back. The thing that broke up the Warriors, among other things, was Durant not willing to commit to them and basically deciding to leave. Yeah, that, that I can go with you on that. There's a there's there is a combination there that only serves to you know to brush up our, our belief that Kevin Durant is a multifaceted human being and full of many many different things. If you can say Michael Jordan and Jerry Krause with him, I want to check your guys' temperature quick. I want to check your guys' temperature quick. It, you know, before we get out of here, along the lines of what Marcus brought up, are you more or less optimistic than a week ago that we will see some form of NBA playoffs this summer? You know, baseball seems pretty confident they're going to do something. So I, NBA I got the, sounds a little bit more yeah, confident yeah, too. I, I, I think they're going to gonna do it. I, I think uh. they're going to try something. But you know what? Does that mean that they're not going to stop if somebody tests? You know, th- there could be issues here. But I think they're going to try. I think there's going to be something, some kind of postseason is going to happen, and we'll see if they can pull it off. I think they're going to be determined, and I think a lot is riding on what happens in, like, Georgia and places that open up. If I mean, if in three weeks there's nothing different about Georgia, I think they, the party's on. <laughs> I think people are just going to be like, hey, let's go. Oh, look at, look at Atlanta. It's straight. So... This is gonna this is gonna happen probably to the detriment, <laughs> right? But yeah, well, there's gonna be a baseline of what you can accept. Like, what yeah. can you accept? I mean, that's what Goober was talking to me about. It's like, there's no perfect solution. There's no way to guarantee anything, as there is in life. There, as there is before this all happened. Now, what can you accept? What can you accept? And I just believe, like, if baseball starts going, there's going to be an incredible pressure on these owners in all sports to say, let's go, let's do this and see where, and, and let's have some understanding that it won't go perfectly. But then, then that line's going to change as things develop. But I think if baseball goes, everybody's going to go. I'm just picturing Guru. There's not 
It's not a perfect, <laughs> si not a perfect situation, Tim. Oh, there are no rules, but you break them at your peril, Tim. <laughs> Come out to a soccer game, Tim. Come out to a soccer game. We've got great things. We've got great things for you. Your goober's worse than Mike Gruden, which I was doing before ah. we started this show. So. You're, you're Jacob Snell? Yeah. Oh, Jacob Snell. <laughs> My Snell's pretty good when I'm not trying to do Jacob Snell. So. Yeah. yeah, that's the funny part. You weren't even trying to do it and nailed it. <laughs> it was very Snelly. It's quite the Snell. And that's our shall, cue, you, fellas. You shall not, you shall not desecrate our stadium. Our stadium, our draft picks, our Clemson draft picks. <laughs> That's our cue, Slater, huh? Right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I might go watch the episode of Ozark right now. <laughs> Until next week. See ya. See ya, peace.